Truth and Transcendence, brought to you by Being Space, with Catherine Llewellyn. Truth and Transcendence, episode 111. You've probably heard of a book called Brave New World. It's been talked about a lot in the last few years, and they've actually made a TV show about it, written by Aldous Huxley. It's one of his more famous books, and in Brave New World, he talks about how things could get really, really bad if we keep following progress. He wrote it in the 1930s, at which point in time there was a lot of excitement about progress, technology, improvements in humanity having control over nature. So Brave New World is very well known. A lot of us read it at school. Fantastic book. You may not have heard of another book he wrote called Island, which he wrote 30 years later. And where Brave New World was dystopian, Island is utopian. And according to the Times, it's one of the great philosophical novels, and I actually tend to agree. This whole notion of utopianism, thinking about what could be an ideal situation, what is the ideal for humanity? What's the ideal culture, the ideal society? What's the ideal way for us to be as humans? Now, some people say that utopianism is just um, uh, magical thinking, is just wishful thinking, pie in the sky. And yes, there is, of course, that danger. But I think utopianism has its place in the sense that it invites us to connect with that which we can imagine, that which we yearn for, that which the soul wants and hopes and wishes could occur. And I think it's really important for us to allow ourselves to connect with that hopeful, innocent, yearning, visionary aspect of ourselves. And I'm talking about something that goes way beyond uh, coming up with a goal, coming up with a mission for our lives. All of these things which could be relatively pragmatic, relatively practical, Utopianism goes way beyond that into what's an almost magical, almost mythical, wonderful, brilliant, inspiring, exquisite vision that we might have for the ideal. And he actually has a quote at the beginning of the book from Aristotle, which says, in framing an ideal, we may assume what we wish, but should avoid impossibilities. Now, I suspect Aristotle had quite a sense of humour because how on earth do we know what is or isn't an impossibility? And how do we know what, whether what we're assuming is possible or not possible? So I think that's one of those quotes that one could meditate on and write a PhD about over quite a period of time. So I'm suggesting it's, it is valuable to tune into utopianism. I think it can be valuable as well to tune into dystopianism because that helps us to recognize the shadow. Again, some of us uh, bowl through life and potter along only looking at the bright side, only looking at the silver, the silver lining and discounting all of the stuff that's not so great or that's pretty awful, appalling. 
I think it's important for us to look at the light and look at the dark, look at the dark and look at the light. And I'm, I'm also reading um, Ursula Le Guin's The Left Hand of Darkness at the moment. And in there, there's a beautiful quote, which is that light is the left hand of darkness and dark is the right hand of light. And both hands have to exist together. Very powerful. So in Ireland, I'm not going to give away uh, the plot, but I will say that there's this island where there's been a social experiment going on for about 100 years. And in that socialist experiment, most of the core and significant aspects of being human have been explored and played with and inquired into and investigated. And there is a very beautiful situation existing on this particular island. And the story is told through the eyes of a cynical journalist, a jaded, world-weary journalist who finds himself on the island unexpectedly. So it tells the story through the eyes of how any one of us might regard a utopian vision, beginning with cynicism, doubt, confusion, and then gradually, tentatively, beginning to explore and learn and dip in one's toe, as it were, and start to find out about what's going on, initially, mentally and rationally, and then as time goes on, he allows his emotionality to come into his connection and receptivity of this experience, and then finally his imagination and ultimately his spirituality. And it's an extremely beautiful book. I highly recommend it. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. And I'm just going to read you a short extract from near the end of the book, which is at a moment where he finds a, a beautiful connection with something in terms of his experience of reality and meaning. And I'm also leaving out a sentence or so in the middle of this extract, which make no sense if you haven't read the book. So here we go. Uh, the chap's name is Will. And Will saw the suchness of the world and his own being blazing away with the clear light that was also compassion. The clear light that, like everyone else, he had always chosen to be blind to. The compassion to which he had always preferred his tortures, endured or inflicted, his squalid solitudes. And in the remoter background, the great world of impersonal forces and proliferating numbers of collective paranoias and organised diabolism. And always everywhere there would be the yelling or quietly authoritative hypnotism. And in the train of the ruling suggestion givers, always and everywhere, the tribes of buffoons and hucksters, the professional liars, the purveyors of entertaining irrelevances, conditioned from the cradle, unceasingly distracted, mesmerised systematically, their uniformed victims would go on obediently marching and countermarching, go on, always and everywhere, killing and dying with the perfect docility of trained poodles. And yet, in spite of the entirely justified refusal to take yes for an answer, 
The fact remained and would remain always, remain everywhere. The fact that there was this capacity, even in a paranoiac, for intelligence. Even in a devil worshipper, for love. The fact that the ground of all being could be totally manifest in a flowering shrub, a human face. The fact that there was a light and that this light was also compassion. So I find that such an utterly beautiful piece and I feel deeply moved by it and touched by it. And you can hear in there that Huxley is referring to the shadow and referring to the light. So I highly recommend Island. I also, of course, recommend Brave New World. And some of Huxley's other books are just astonishing. But this particular one, it was his last book. He died not, not long after. I think it was the pinnacle of his contribution to humanity. So thank you for listening. Have a wonderful week and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Truth and Transcendence and thank you for supporting the show by rating, reviewing, subscribing, buying me a coffee and telling a friend. If you'd like to know more about my work, you can find out about mentoring, workshops and energy treatments on beingspace.world. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you next time.